This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? Saturday, February 20th, and this is my boy Jimbo. He wants to say hi to you. I love you, buddy. I'm so great. Yeah, he's uh, he's struggling a little bit. We may have a uh, rough decision on our hand in the next week. I am going to enjoy all the time we have with him. Yeah, it's tough. I don't want to think about that right now. So give me a sec. I'm erase that from my memory banks. This is your Saturday live stream. I'm going to try to hold him here so he's quiet. This show is for you. So if you have any questions, go ahead and put them in the box. I will answer them in the order that I receive them. Uh, I do have a list of questions here that I took uh, throughout the week. Uh, that I will talk about momentarily. Again, live stream just for you. Let's see what happens. Let's see what we go forward. So first thing I want to talk about is uh, there's a follower of the channel, and I believe he's actually a student of mine who is going to be purchasing um, his first flip. So really what I want to talk to is all of the people that are so excited to get their first deal done. So I want to talk to you. So you're you're in escrow. You've agreed on price. You know what the deal is. If it's a remodel, you've gotten the bid, right? You've done all that upfront work. I uh, I get nervous for you. And again, I'm talking to this individual who I told I was going to do this. So this is for you. This is for him. But also for any of you that get that deal in escrow and you are vibrating with excitement. You know, you're just like total kid in a candy store, sugar high. That makes me nervous. Now, again, I think it's a good deal. I've made him, I had him get in contact with some of my team. I think there's other things we could do to protect the downside. But let me just tell you, and I've said it many times, real estate investing is hard. It's a people business. Bad things happen. For example, something that I want you to realize again is sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes vacant properties get broken into. I think of the 20 or so flips I have done in the last year or two, I think I think eight of them, maybe seven of them were somehow broken into or tried to be messed with. So realize something I do all the time now is I pay a security company 600 bucks a month to uh, go see my properties five times a day, twice during the day, three times at night. For me, that's like an insurance policy. But if you have a, you know, a four month flip, that's $2,400. For me, it's like insurance, right? It's, you know, that basically preventing one accident from happening. 
So again, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying it's a risk. It's happened to me. It may happen to you. Next, you've got to realize you were investing from afar, right? If you were investing in your town, you could drive by three times a day, right? You're investing hours away. So you're going to have to check on your project. You're going to probably I would probably recommend having a project manager. Have somebody there, not your general contractor. Have somebody there that can drive by 3 times a week, take pictures, do walkthrough videos for you. If you see on my channel, I post walkthrough videos because that's what I demand from my project manager. And then I post them so you all can see them, but they're really consumed by me and Olivia. We want to see what's going on. We haven't been to Fresno in a year, over a year, 13 months now. So again, realize, I know you're excited. I want this to be successful for you, but let's try to put in the processes and procedures that increase your chances of success. Next, you have a $50,000 remodel ahead of you. Make sure your GC is lined up. Make sure you understand how draw payments work. Don't send them 50 grand, even though there's somebody on my team. Don't you dare. Understand, talk about draws. Make sure you have insurance. Your property is going to be vacant for, I don't know, 60 or 90 days. Make sure you have the insurance right. I would probably start with property management. Make sure you're talking to a property manager. I have the property that you happen to be purchasing with mine. You can use mine or other. I don't care. But you have to have people looking in on your asset. And just again, I just I wish I could I wish I could take off like 10 or 15% of the excitement. When any it, it it sort of reminds me of my friend who has multiple seven figures in crypto these days. I've told you about him in, in the past or I've made reference. He's the gentleman who came to see me in 2017 and freaked me out. It's that level of excitement, that almost levitation off the couch that frightens me. I know real estate is hard. I know I can have lots of negative surprises. I'm excited by this deal for you. I was ready to do the deal myself. But I just fear when you're that happy, you get one negative thing and you spiral down and down and down. I don't want you to do the deal if you have if you're if that's going to be you. I'd rather do it myself. I just I want this individual who I want to get the deal just to realize bad things could happen. And I, I, if I could just, again, lop off like that 20% of the excitement to get back to even, I think that would be pretty cool. So if you happen to be in a real estate deal, maybe it's out of state somewhere and you're that excited, like kid on Christmas morning excited, try to pull yourself back, step back. Think about what could go wrong. Set up the processes and procedures. Get the boots on the ground. Make sure you have somebody who, who tell you bad news. Un understand that break-ins happen. Surprises and remodel happen. It's just, it's the business that we sign up for. So in closing, I think real estate, single family homes are a great place to go. I think this house, once all done, is worth, you know, 200 grand and it's being worth, bought for much, significantly less than that. I think it'll be a great long-term hold. I think you can get 1500 bucks a month rent. There's lots of goodness ahead, but the next two months, maybe three months, depending on timelines, just realize that a few things can happen. So um, yeah, just realize that could happen. So in the end, 
that was for you. I sent you a text this morning that to tell you I was going to have a conversation with you. And um, good luck. If you have any questions, let me know. If you want to back out, totally fine. I just want you to realize I'm nervous at how excited you are. I'm just, anybody who levitates off the couch with excitement makes me nervous. So just realize that's how I feel. And I felt like I had to have this discussion with you. Okay. So watch first deal excitement. Uh, next question I got was what to do with cash. That's a good question. Um, and I'm actually going to take that question one step further. If you watched my daily financial news this morning, I had some conversations with a, a, a collection of mortgage brokers who have over 30 years in the business in the Bay Area. And they were telling me about many clients that are taking advantage of owner-occupant loans under 3%. These individuals, in many cases, have owned their homes free and clear. And now they're taking them up to the FHA limit, which in the Bay Area is 822. I'm just left scratching my head. What does this mean? There was already $1.3 trillion in cash on the sidelines, excess savings, as they say. Now we're adding on cheap borrowed money, call it 3%. What does that mean? Where does all this cash go? We are about to get out of this last little bit of this health crisis. Man, I can only imagine consumption. But really for you and I on this channel, it's assets. You thought asset inflation was bad before. What happens next? What happens when there are too many dollars chasing too few assets? Answer, prices go up. I know, Jimbo. I know. I'm sorry. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking at this and I'm seeing all these people predict crashes like Ken McElroy, and I just don't see it. I don't know how you have a crash when there's so few inventory, excess cash, and oh, by the way, we have a current administration that will probably incent home ownership. You add that little sprinkle on top of this volcano and you get a huge appreciation. So I'm not going to go into Ken's video. Lots of you asked me for my opinion. So I created a video live at 7 a.m. Let's just say he's spectacularly wrong again. He's not quite as wrong as his wild 40% call, which I just lost my brain when he made that video. But he's wrong. It's not going to happen. So I'm just going to skip over the Ken questions because I did a video on that. But the next question I got similar to that is, could I see a crash happening? And that was kind of the end of the question. And that's an interesting brain te tease. I've invested through a crash. I saw one coming. So let's define crash first, because I think everybody defines it differently. Um, let's call it 20%. Anything over 20% crash in a 12-month period, let's just call between you and I a crash. So do I think that's possible? I don't see the setup for that nationally. I think there is so much change in buyer behavior. Millennials seem to be Gen Z. I think the move up buyers are coming. I certainly don't see a crash of nationally of 20% in the next five years. I don't see it. 
I could see slowing. I could see a switch from a seller's market to a buyer's market, but neither does a slowdown or a change from uh, sellers to buyers mark. That doesn't mean crash. You know, again, nationally speaking, unless interest rates spike, that is always the exception. Unless interest rate spikes because of fear in the dollar or reserve currency or something like that. Um, I know Jimbo. Um, I just don't see it. I mean, I could see maybe a five to 8% drop sometime in the next five years, but that will be caused by a significant drop in demand. Supply will rise. Demand will slow again, outside of a sudden jump in interest rates, a sudden jump in interest rates, all bets are off. That stops the market in its track and probably causes a crash or at least a significant drop. So by the year 2025, which is as far as I'm willing to think, kind of next election cycle, next presidential election cycle, I don't see much more than a 5% drop possible. I don't even think it's, I don't think it will happen, but when I play the board out, that is one option that could happen. If you're a landlord or an investor in that environment, a 5% drop shouldn't mean anything to you. Your single family has 30-year debt. I do think interest rates are up. That's an interesting question. I think 30-year interest rates in five years are probably four and a half, four and three quarters. So historically low, but not 2021 low, right? 2020 low. But you know, I think four and a half, four and three quarters. That'll take that'll take some steam off, but it won't cause a, a crash. Uh, Janet Yellen, I got a few questions about. Uh, Janet Yellen. The thing about Janet Yellen, I believe you need to understand, and I've said it a couple of times, is she's a labor economist. She is going to orient herself to something that's called full employment. She is going to orient herself to do whatever it takes to get back to full employment fast. Janet Yellen has never met a spending program she does not like. She is willing to overspend versus underspend. Janet Yellen saw the Great Recession in the six-year recovery cycle. She does not want to repeat that again. Janet Yellen is willing to overspend. Think about that. Willing to overspend. And I, I think the world is on notice. The 10-year treasury was up to 1.34, I think, closed Friday and going higher. Again, you don't have to agree with her, which I do not. You just have to realize it's coming anyways. You and I don't get a vote. She has been a labor economist forever, and that is what is going to happen. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I just, man, it just makes me nervous. I really do think there's an increasing momentum collection of folks that are like, you know what? I want to get more and more of my stuff out of the dollar. So I think we're going to see international investments do pretty well. I think we're going to see the wealthy disproportionately orient outside of U.S. dollars. So that could be foreign companies. That could be hard assets. That could be gold and silver. That could be crypto. Um, yeah, they're going to... Oh, the dollar. Oh, I feel bad for the dollar. So yeah, that is going to happen. Uh, but back to cash, actually. I don't think there's one thing I didn't talk about. I, I want to ask you a question. 
let's assume you have a $200,000 house free and clear. Let's just, let's play a game. Cause I want to see what you would do. You have a 200 K free and clear house. You can qualify and get a mortgage for 50% uh, LTV. So a hundred grand. Let's say the interest rates 3%. Let's say after mortgage and all expenses, you net 400 bucks a month. So it's still cash flows, right? It's not an alligator per my book. But there's nothing to buy, at least nothing to buy today. And oh, by the way, you have cash in the bank, so you don't need another hundred grand. What do you do? What do you do? Do you take the money now knowing you could get it later? Do you take the money now because rates will be higher and maybe opportunity? Do you not take it because, hey, it cash flows 400 with debt, but probably 900 without it? What do you do? And remember, you already have some cash, so it's not like you need the extra 100. What would you do? I'm curious. I'm asking for a friend, as they would say. I just would love to hear what you have to say there. Uh, I get questions a lot about new investors. Um, I think the answer is in my course. I think new investors need to, one, focus very specific zip code asset type I've talked about a bunch and then consistent daily action. Uh, I'm getting more and more folks getting deals done. It's lovely to see. I can't wait to update my score tomorrow. I have a positive impact score where the largest contributor to that is students doing deals. And we have at least as of today, two more deals getting done. So if you're one of my students, let me know if you did a deal. So we will add you to the week's score. Um, I'm very excited to see that. I get I got tagged on Instagram. I get posts. An awesome feeling when a student does a deal. It's wild. It's awesome. So that's cool. Um, what are the chances of a crash? I don't know what it is. Ken McElroy probably does this. What are, what are the chances of a crash in 2021? So again, if a crash is defined as 20%, the chances are less than 1%. The only exception is if 30-year treasury goes from 3 to 6%. Outside of that one event, that's the only thing that could cause a crash. Oh, and then I got another question about my yield spreadsheet you've heard me talk about. Somebody asked, hey, can I only get your yield spreadsheet if you're one of my students? The answer is yes. It's kind of really key in part of phase one and phase two of my course. Uh, I've, I've shared the spreadsheet on my channel a couple of times. It's not that sophisticated. If you really wanted, you probably could pause the video and copy it. Uh, but yes, I have kept the spreadsheet. Um, as part of my course, just to make sure that it's valuable, just like my $1,000 or $2,000 six and 20 note and other things I've created, I push into the course um, to make sure the students get value. So that's what I got for you. Let's see what we have as far as questions. Good morning, Jeffrey. How are you? Tamika, good morning. Yes, Jimbo is with us, but um, yeah, I'm not going to think about that. We'll see. I've been there. Keep your ears and eyes open because things can turn in a dime. Yep. Yeah. Some flippers do hire all night security. Absolutely. I had to do that once like for a week, just to some kids. It's amazing. How many times something gets broken into in, in my pro? How many times it's somebody local? It's a neighbor. I, more than half the time. It's a neighbor. Neighbor knows it's vacant. Neighbor knows when nobody's there. Man, frustrating. What credit range do you screen your tenants? Um, I believe, I haven't checked in a while. I think it's 660 and above. Nathan, 660 and above. 
Could there be a crash in Ken's world, large multifamily, but not your single family? Absolutely. Nathan, I think it is very likely that multifamily suffers a 20% crash in the next two to three years. It will certainly crash in some areas. I did a video with Jonathan Twomley that's probably 90 days old where we did little tweaks to an apartment building and the value dropped 50%. For example, in that video, I think we assumed a 5% rent, rent drop, maybe eight. Some cities are down 30 we did 5% change in vacancies and some people are up 20%. So yes, as I said in my Ken McElroy video this morning, Ken might want to focus on multifamily because I don't think Ken in all honesty has looked at a single family home in years. Why would he? He's he's worth a gazillion dollars. He's got cash flow up the yin yang from all these rich dad things. He's not looking at single family. He is creating clickbait so he can get more students or whatever, but Ken, you're better than that. Stop clickbait. That's not cool. Let let the YouTube entertainers do clickbait. Keep helping people. But Nathan, yes, um, I would bet money that uh, multifamily is far more likely to have a crash than single family. Hey, Ray, you're welcome. Tamika, I definitely need to consider your question because under most circumstances, I'm not inclined to mortgage a free and clear home. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Jerry, you're very welcome. I enjoy it. Oh, right, real Freddie Z. Thank you for pressing the like button. I appreciate it. I always forget to ask for it. Yep, Jerry, I agree. I, did I get all the questions? I think I did. Any more questions this morning? Otherwise, we will make this one short, and I will go take care of Jimbo. Give it another minute. All right, everybody, I'm actually going to call this one. I'm going to go see if I can help my boy feel better. Um, if you're one of my students, I will see you in the Facebook group at 9 o'clock. Have a great day. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.